I want you to go to Exodus chapter 4. I'm going to deal with with 10 verses, but I'm just going to read one. Amen. And I want to show you this here. Amen. Then Moses said, what if, there it is, what if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. Amen. I want to talk about this morning apprehensions. Amen. I want to talk about on mission for God, but with apprehensions. The definition of apprehension is anxiety or fear that something bad or unpleasant will happen. Apprehension also means that a person is suspicious about something. Oftentimes when it comes down to the work of God and being on mission for God, we are reluctant because we have some apprehension. To carry out God's mission, there are a few things that you need. And those things are in your control. Number one, availability. I wish I had somebody. Amen. I believe that if you make yourself available to God, he'll do the rest. It's not about ability. Because Moses did not have the ability that he knew of. But God knew his heart. Are you with me? Oftentimes people are apprehensive to do the work of God. Because they think for some reason they don't have what it takes to do it. Are you with me? But you and I must remind ourselves that if you make yourself available to God, come on and help me somebody. God can take you and he will do great things with your life. The other thing that you need is approachability. In other words, it has to do with your attitude. It has to do with the fact that if you are approached by someone, and especially by God, that you're willing to make your life available to Him. Do I have anybody? And when you're on a mission for God, you have to realize that The acceptance of the mission is important, but the obeying is even more important. And sometimes when we look at what God is trying to get us to do, it may be scary at first. It may be you're vacillating or maybe you're not fully confident yet. But I want to say to somebody here today that God will use you As much as you make yourself available to him. 
Do I have anybody? I told you last week that Moses here, we have seen his life. We've seen what Moses has went through. He's had a life where it started off rough. Now he's on the other side of the mountain. He's living this life and God has appeared to him to put him on a mission. I call him the doubtful deliverer. Here's a man who God saw something in, but he couldn't even see it in himself. Isn't that how it is sometimes? That you really don't know why you were asked to do this or why you were chosen to do that. But can I tell you something? You cannot have any apprehension when it comes down to doing God's work. When you're living on purpose and when you're living on a mission for God, can I help you with something? God wants you to be all in. If you back up to chapter 3 verse 11, you see what Moses said. But Moses said, who am I? Remember we dealt with that? That I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt. The me and the I can stop us from doing what God has called us to do. Do I have anybody? God told him you better remember and recognize who's sending you. I'm sending you. So God revealed his memorial name. He, re- he revealed his miraculous name. Listen, if God's name is not good enough for us to do what he's called us to do, then something is wrong. I don't know what we're waiting on. Are you with me? Mo- Moses, Moses, Moses didn't get it. And like most of us, amen, we're not just settled with his name. We, we, we're not just good with operating in the name of Jesus. Can I tell you something? I told you this. The same God back then, same God right now. Same God that is saving. Same God that's transforming. Same God that's doing miracles. Same God that's healing. The same God. And so I want you to understand today that what God is assigning us to do, the mission that he calls us to do, stop looking at what you can do and say, God, I'm available. Use me for your glory. Are you with me? Listen to this. God is getting ready to send Moses to the children of Israel. Watch this. The God had not appeared to them for 430 years. Write it down somewhere. There's silence. Nothing. 430 years. You wonder why he was a doubtful deliverer? (laughs) Amen. Why? Because Moses wasn't sure. He had some apprehensions. And if you go to verse 1 chapter 4, you see God has already done his part, right? God has showed him what his mission is. Can, can I say this to you? Can I say this to you? You know, you know sometimes when you're serving God, you want to know what it is that, I hear people say something, what specifically am I supposed to be doing? 
I want to know my purpose. And then when God reveals their purpose, then they become apprehensive. Now they want to find out, well, well, after they find out, now they want to know, well, how? Wait a minute. First of all, you wanted to know the mission. Now you got the mission. (laughs) And here's the thing. God doesn't just, you know, put it on the screen. He doesn't do all that. All of a sudden, God will start pushing you. Circumstances will start putting you in the right places. Come on, somebody. Just like Moses was on that Nile River, you see, God will start orchestrating certain things and events in your life to get you to where he wants you to be used for his glory. Are you, are you following me? So here we are. God has already, we already went through this whole scenario. Now we get to chapter 4, verse 1. It says that Moses said, look what he said. What if? Now let me, let me, let me explain to you what a what if is. A what if is doubt. So the first thing we see here, rather than Moses doing what God had told him to do, the first thing we see is Moses' doubts. Can I help you with something today? You got to deal with your doubt. Whatever that is that's causing you and I to stop, we have to really Bring our doubts to God. How many you doubt? You doubt your ability. You doubt you doubt certain things. You you don't feel like you have it all together, or you feel like you gotta get some more things together. But can I help you something? You can overcome doubt if you understand that the mission came from God. You can overcome doubt because when you understand that it's God who placed you here. It is God who is orchestrating you in certain places. It's God who will, who wants to use you. It's God who wants to put you before great people. It's God. It's God. And listen, when you understand his name, you'll know it's God and you know you belong there because God placed you there. Nobody can take from you what God has given you. Ever. Whatever ability you have. Whatever he's given you. But here's the thing. Make sure that you are truly on a mission for him. Now the text goes on. And, 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 and there's a series of things that in his doubts that God will address. Okay. And I got to talk to you about this. Because the first thing that God did. If you just skip. I'm going to deal with verse 1. But, but, but let me show you verse 2. It said the Lord said to him. What is this in your hand? What is What is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. Then he said, all right, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a what? Became a what? Serpent. Now I'm going to show, I want to show you an observation here. It says, and Moses what? (laughs) This boy, (laughs) I'm just... Watch this. Snakes in that time to the Egyptian. And I I don't know if God was doing the miracle for the Israelites or doing it for the Egyptians. 
I believe he was doing it for both, but but it seems to me that the miracles that he caused Moses to perform in his name, watch this, they were symbolically bound to what the Egyptians believe. When God starts using you, you will start doing some miracles. Watch this. He's going to use what's in your hands. I wish I had somebody. He, listen, 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 listen. The enemy thinks that he can destroy you, but he will use what you have in your hands. Watch this. Snakes were symbolic to the Egyptians about, of power and life. That's what, that's what snakes were symbolic to the Egyptians for. Watch this. But what God was declaring to Moses is that he would be able to overcome the power of the Egyptians. So the first miracle, God had to do a miracle. You see, his name wasn't just good enough. See, his name, when he said, you tell him I am sent you. That wasn't good enough. He come with the what if. So God had to do, God had to perform something so miraculous. Can I ask you something? What does God have to do next to prove to you that it was, it is you that he's called. It is you that he's going to use for his glory. Come on, somebody. Now, now some people look at this as, as a prelude. I, I really look at this as like, man, you tripping. If God said it, come on and help me somebody, that settles it. I don't need no more. I don't need anything else. If God says do it, do it. You see, people are so trying to be so deep about God. It's very simple. If your pastor comes to you and says, hey, I need you to do this, that's God speaking to you. It's just that simple. But people think it's deeper than that. Watch the text. Why, why, but hold on before we watch the text. Watch this. <laughs> see, see, God used this miracle for Moses, the Egyptians, and the Israelites. But see, what God is saying is, in our apprehension, we will not be effective if we live in doubt. We cannot doubt if we're going to do something for God. Because God moves by your faith. It says, I'm without faith. It is impossible to please God. But see, as I told you last week, Moses was so caught up in self and how he would be received. He was more concerned about how people was looking at him. He wasn't concerned about the mission at hand. Watch the text. Text goes on to say, it says, and back to verse one, he says, what if they will not believe me? Wait a minute. Wait a minute, man. What are you talking about? I just told you to use my name. Is that not good enough? I'm stuck. I'm stuck on that, y'all. I believe there's power in the name of Jesus. 
I believe that name has power, y'all. I, I believe that if you walk in the name of Jesus, if you live in the name of Jesus, if you operate in, in, in the name of Jesus, listen, he will take you to places you've never been before. I believe his name is good enough, but some of us, we need a sign. So God gave him the snake sign first. Then look at the next one, verse 4. It says, that, so, so not only do I see his doubts, the next thing I see with him asking, what if we Moses' denial. What we see next? His denial. Listen, how can you how can you serve somebody that you deny? He denied his power. His name has power, yo. Listen, listen, watch the text. Text says, but Lord said to Moses, so so before Moses answered with the snake thing, he ran from the snake, right? And then the Lord said to him, Stretch out your hand, man, and grab it by his tail. And he stretched it out and caught it and became a staff in his hand. Whoa, it's a miracle. Uh, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. The Lord furthermore said to him, now put your hand in your bosom. So he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was what? Leprous like what? Like what? Snow. This disease. Amen. Though it was prevalent in that time. But check this out. This disease was so prevalent in Egypt. But you got to know one thing about leprosy. It's incurable. You cannot be cured of leprosy. So what is God trying to help Moses? Stop denying my power, man. Listen, when folk count you out, you better believe that I can do the impossible. When they say you're not going to be healed, understand that I can heal you. When cancer shows up, when whatever shows up, because once you start serving him, you're going to get a thorn in the flesh. That thorn is going to be to humble you, to keep you close to him. But I want to say this to somebody here today. You cannot live in denial. Moses is here and God says in verse 7, then he said, put your hand into your bosom again. So he put it into his bosom again and when he took it out of his bosom, behold, it was what? Restored like the rest of his flesh. Now imagine this. Imagine God showing you this. Such a miracle. I can do the impossible. Moses, I know my name is not, it didn't convince you that much, you know, but, 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 but I want you to know, I want you to know something that you have the power. You serve the one who has the power. We serve the one who has the power. If you would just let go of your doubts and let go of your denial, stop denying what God, stop living in denial. Of his power. Of his ability. You know what? You know what really Moses is doing? Look, look, look at this. Look, Moses, you know what Moses is doing? Moses is more interested in himself and his ability. And so God has to show him, man, I can do some stuff. May I ask you a question? What more does he have to show you? To prove to you. That you can do it. What more does he have to show you? 
when doors start closing and he's told you, get on mission for me. Walk by faith. Watch the text. Watch the text. Watch the text. Back to verse 1. He says, uh, they will not believe me. <laughs> or what? Or listen to what I say. No, no, I need to back up right quick. They will not listen to what I say. The next thing I see in Moses is his distractions. Bro, why are you so concerned? If God says to go do it, Come on, help me somebody. What are those distractions in your life? What are those things that's causing you so much havoc and so much, you know, uh, on and off? One minute you, you think you can do it, next minute you don't think you can do it. One minute you believe in yourself, the next minute you don't believe in yourself. One minute you feel like, man, I can conquer the world, and the next minute you feel like, I can't do this no more. Can I tell you something? It will get tough sometimes. When you're living on on a mission for God, but you can't be apprehensive. You cannot elude What's inevitable? Come on and help me somebody. You can't run from what God wants your life to become. And can I tell somebody something? It may not look the way you want to look right now. But you got to realize that your distractions are the things that the devil will use. Things like this. They're not going to listen to me. Who am I? I don't sound good. I, I, I can't do that. I can't even read. Well, we're going to get that next week. <laughs> we're going to get in that next week, okay? Next week, he tripped me out next week, okay? Moses tripped me out the whole, the whole, this whole thing right here. Because, because what, it sh- what it tells me is that God is not begging Moses. But what God is showing us by illustration of Moses' life When you come face to face with God, it's you. And he's not going to choose nobody else. You're it. So get good with it. Say thank you. God, thank you for choosing me. Rather than complain about what you can't do right now, Lord, thank you for choosing me. Thank you for making me a servant. Listen, you remember what you used to be? Back in the day, you didn't care about nothing or nobody. But look at you now. Come on, help me somebody. Look at you now though. Look at you now. I'm just saying, you were more concerned about your well-being. But when God put, put it in your heart and when he called you to a mission. I hope this is making sense, y'all. Distractions will come. But you got to be able to deflect those distractions. Distractions will show up in a good way too. You understand? Sometimes they'll show up as opportunity. But what it really is, is to pull you away from the Lord. Are you with me? The last thing here it says, he says, he says, Now, uh, they won't listen to me. For they may say, the Lord, watch this now. The Lord has not appeared to you. So we have... 
First, we have the snake, which symbolizes what? Power. That God has power over everything. And then we saw the leprosy, which proves that God has the power to do anything, to heal anything. Amen. To do, to heal the incurable. Boy, that should give him a lot of confidence, you think, right? But, but the last thing God did, if you look at verse 8, he says, If they will not believe you or heed the witness of the first sign, they may believe the witness of the last sign. Verse 8. Verse 9. But if they will not believe even these two signs or heed what you say, then you shall take some water. Watch this now. You, must, you will take some water from the Nile. The same Nile that Moses was put down when he was a baby boy. Are you following me? And look, he says, and pour it on the gr- on dry ground, and the water which you take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. Listen to this: the Egyptians regarded the Nile River as the source of life and productivity. So Moses showing the people that he had the power over the Nile proved that he was serving the real God. I don't think you hear me. You see, God knows how to equip you to face all oppositions to your mission. But the thing about Moses, the last thing I see about Moses though, is this. His diminished confidence. His diminished confidence. You thought the boy would be getting better as God was talking to him. Next week we'll look at verse 10. I don't want you to look at verse 10. Next week we'll look at verse 10. You would think the boy would get better. You think that he would really get stronger. I wish I had somebody here today that really understand what I'm talking about. I wish I had a few people in here that understand what I'm really talking about here. That God, when he chooses you, he will give you, he will equip you, he'll put everything inside of you. If you are available and approachable, he'll put all that you need He will cause you to go to places where people are going to be like, I don't understand it. But that ain't their concern. Because when God puts you in a place, can't no man take you from that place. And brothers and sisters, I want to say this. There are so many people in the kingdom today, they're so caught up in themselves, they can't see the miracle. They're so caught up in their feelings and they're so caught up in their little egos and pride and all this other stuff. And God says, I, 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 I want to use you. But I'm going to take somebody else. Because you keep playing with me. 
You keep diminishing in your confidence because you think it's all about you. But God, here he says, but why, what if they won't think that? The last miracle was the miracle because they relied on the Nile. They worshiped the Nile. But God says, I'm the God of the Nile. I can take that thing and turn it into blood. And he did this, he, he did this miracle later on because he knew. See, here's what you need to understand. Every, your mission, it's not just going to be easy. God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. You know why? Because he knew that if he allowed the Egyptians, the, the, the Israelites to leave, watch this, voluntarily, without hesitation and without some form of disruption without some form of difficulty they would go back that going back would be an option for them so rather than take them the short way around he brought them through the through the red sea because he knew that they would get fickled and so when he opened the Red Sea and he swallowed up all of the Egyptians, come on, help me somebody, the Egyptian army, it was to say to them, they ain't gonna go, there's no going back. But look at all God had to go through to get his leader to do something for him. Oh, talking about, yeah, God called me, but I, man, I didn't want to preach and and, and, and God called me, and man, I, I was I was real. I was running from the Lord. Man, don't run from the Lord. Run to the Lord. Folks saying stuff like that, I don't understand. And then you have some people who who have been called by God, but they ain't doing nothing. They're not on mission on a mission for God because they're so wrapped up in their feelings. They catch feelings for everything. Yeah. <laughs> I said it. Seriously, like, and you're wondering, like, why is this person up and down, up and down on a roller coaster? It's because they're not, they have diminished confidence. We all have AM and FM radios, right? And there are two different frequencies. Yeah, there's no such thing as an AM fish. Radio station. Each frequency is separate and they're distinct. When riding your car, you can listen to either one or the other. <laughs> you can't have both at the same time. We come to church for the heavenly broadcast network. We leave church for the flesh broadcasting network. We keep flipping frequencies and this is what you call double-mindedness. That's what the, really it boils down to. When you leave here, you got to decide who you're going to stay tuned into. And there are times, amen, where we become very apprehensive. We become, we become evasive. We, 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 we start shrinking back because, and, and you know what I found out? It's nobody in the church. 
It's you not believing in what God has put in you to do. So may I encourage you today to do this? Step out of your comfort zone. Accept the mission. Amen. But but don't be a person that's so apprehensive that you cannot and will not get over your personal bents, your personal weaknesses. And then you're trying to serve God. Listen, God wants you that way. If God wanted somebody else that had it together, he would have chose them. But he's chosen you. Never thought I would be doing what I'm doing for the Lord right now. Never. Never. But I thank him that I, I did not become so overcompulsive about my, about my weaknesses, about my inabilities is what I'm trying to say. And then he took those things. Here's the other thing. If you're not working on your weaknesses, you'll always have them. So you got to work on them. But I don't know what else God has to do to prove to Moses, man, it's you. So he caused him to see some miracles. But we'll see what happens next week. Give God a hand clap of praise.